I'm just so glad it's skateboarding. It's been the one thing that came to me at the right time. It could have been anything I imagined, but skateboarding was what it was. That's why I love skateboarding to death. That's right when I found skateboarding. Like my friend showed me it and I was like latched onto it because it was the only thing at that time that was really fun and like my escape and I fell in love with it, you know? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the motherfucking podcast. Each and every episode is brought to you by All I Need. Check out allineedskate.com. That's where we post all the vlogs. That's where we post all the podcasts. We also have our online skate shop right there. Currently, we do have some decks up there for those asking about the Crusher Like Quint and the greetings from Timmy Knuth deck. They're up there. Uh, we got the Evan Mancelillo Dragons up there. We got the Fukuhara Bigfoot deck. We have a good amount of decks up there in multiple sizes. Check out allineedskate.com. We also have awesome socks. We got some hoodies, several different t-shirt designs. Uh, we might have a banner or two. We also have summertime shorts, man, but we only have large sizes. Small and medium sold out, so we have large, XL, and double XL. Uh, check that all out, again, at allineedskate.com. Testing, testing. Mic check, mic check. We are throwing the All I Need Summer Jam Skate Contest at Uxbridge, July 10th, which is a Saturday, my Gs. We will have beginner jams. We will have 35 and over jam. For all you lifers out there that want to get in and support, we also will have advanced jams out there. We'll be giving out skateboards, apparel from All I Need, World, Vulture Crew. Uh, the entry fee into the summer jam is $50, and all that money goes directly back into the skate park fund. So if you come, you rip, you may win some stuff. We're definitely going to make an edit of the day. Sammy Skates is going to film a sick-ass edit of the day. I'm going to bring my PA. I'll be on the microphone talking some shit. I'll be announcing some of the jams, calling out some of the tricks. We might even do a best trick in there. But yeah, $50, and that money goes directly back into the skate park fund, which I'll be handing to Bug and Robbie, and they will continue on their epic journey of building up Uxbridge Skate Park. thought it was a cool idea. The people that show up and put on a hell of a show – they support building more at the park. So again, Saturday, July 10th at Uxbridge Mass Skate Park. All I need summer jam. Beginner jam starts at noon. 35 and over jam starts at 3. Advance starts at 5. Sponsored by All I Need Skateboards, World Industries, and Vulture Crew. If you would like to lock in your spot early, which would help us get organized, please go to allineedskate.bigcartel.com. So allineedskate.bigcartel.com. And you can register right there and lock your spot in for the All I Need Summer Jam at Uxbridge, Mass. See, 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 see you there. This episode is brought to you by World Industries. Please check out worldindustries.com if you love skateboarding, if you love epic art, if you know who Flameboy and Wet Willie are, check out worldindustries.com. Tons of goodies up there, man. I've got a serious question. Do you or someone you know have a nutsack that needs manscaping? 
If so, Father's Day is just around the corner, and you probably need a gift for your hairy dad. Make your dad proud this year and get him yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the Lawnmower 4.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code AIN at manscaped.com. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and just launched their Lawnmower 4.0. Imagine surprising your hairy dad with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized body hair trimmer that says, your balls will thank you on the box. And, oh, they will. Your balls will thank you. Keeping it crispy clean, my friends. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents again. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code AIN. Get your dad a gift you know they'll use. I like my Manscaped products. I got some Revive right here. It's a little ball toner when it's uh, when I'm feeling a little, need a little pick-me-up. Right there, nails it. This thing doesn't nick the nutsack. Today on the podcast, I sit down with one of my best friends, Derek Fukuhara. I first met Derek back when he was riding for Ezekiel in World Industries, uh, man, over a decade ago. He's always killed it. I remember seeing his skating in videos like Filmbot and just photos in magazines, and he used to have Ezekiel ads ran. And I was always like, damn, this dude has such a good style and such good trick selection, everything done right and uh, super smooth, his own style too. Later, I skated with World Industries with him. We became really good friends. We were road, road partners. Whenever we were traveling, we'd hang out, shoot the shit, talk about life, talk about where we're going, where we're from. Yeah, Derek's a super solid human, man, and uh, he's been killing it, man, as you'll hear in the podcast. Thanks for being the epic homie, Derek, and always having my back, G. Please enjoy today's episode. Hell yeah, Derek. What's going on, man? A lot and not much, but yeah, a lot out here in California. What time is it? What time is it right now? It is nine fifty-seven a.m. on a Saturday. I appreciate you coming on early, because uh, I wasn't really planning on skating, but once you said that, it started churning the wheels, and then uh, now I got a session to go to. Oh fuck yeah! Hell yeah! Not raining or what? It's raining out there, but we're gonna rent out the skate park here. Um, it's called the Lighthouse Skate Park. And what it is, is it's a small little indoor spot and they just bring like pole jams, flat rails, like little four foot quarter pipes. Um, and it's all movable. And they, you, the only way you can skate the place is if you rent it out online for two hour, two hour increments and you can have 12 people. And so it's like a skate park, but it's like so generic and small, but it's super fun because there's wall rides and like. It's basically if you're a 12 year old kid and you could have every little cool thing you ever wanted to skate into like a small little spot and then you could just rent it out and skate with your homies. I love it. Wait, and like, um, how much is it for like two hours for 12 people? Like hundred bucks or something like that? No, it's like $40. Oh, did you hear that you could rent out AMC theaters for 99 bucks? By yourself? For whoever, like, up to however many people. I don't know what's changing with the COVID shit, but I know, like, a few weeks ago, like, my homie was posting that him and his girlfriend they rented out a whole the theater for a movie for 99 bucks. Yo, I would And then do you that. could just have X amount. Bring your whole team. Bring the whole team and all the boys. Just 99 bucks. Like, 100 bucks. 100 bucks. Go watch Avatar. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, right? Let's yeah, fucking go. It's good. They have to, like, uh, adjust their business model, you know? It's kind of mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah so that lighthouse lighthouse park it's sick man it's like literally 40 bucks and 12 people and you can go for two hours and it's just yours no one's there like last time i was there it's kind of like the honor system last time we were there we stayed a little late and then it ended up like getting to their closing hours and then someone just walked in and closed up the park but we stayed late that's so sick yeah that's so sick man and, and what's cool about it is it's like in the middle of like the city of providence it's just in random building oh it's improv cool man yeah that's dope some super sick community shit like it's nothing too crazy it's not probably the headache of having like a crazy skate park i personally love skating shit like that like when i go to a giant skate park like stoner park or like the the park in boston it's like it gets overwhelming you know yeah. Like, yeah. I like having, like, a tiny little plaza, like, the size of Cherry or the old Huntington Beach skate park, you know, something with, like, four or five little obstacles that you can kind of just, like, skate in circles around. I'm the same way. Well, like, I love to, that. to be honest, I like those big parks, but I totally get why someone wouldn't because it is a lot. It's too much sometimes. And then, but, yeah, having, like, some constraints in, like, a smaller park, just, it feels more intimate and fun. Mm-hmm. I guess you're like Timmy and you could fucking fly around and do like giant airs and then kickflip lift the fucking rail and then go do kickflip disaster at the quarter pipe and just flow, you know, like it'd probably be super fun, but that's not how I skate. I'm like skating yeah. little baby ledges and circles and shit. Yeah. We're not all Timmy. <laughs> yeah. Must be nice. <laughs> T- Timmy or Kevin or something. Oh, Kevin too. He's just like flying around, bouncing off walls and shit, landing everything. Must be fun. Dude, last night, D Fuchs is uh so today officially is the day where we don't have to wear the masks in, in public, I guess, unless like a private business wants to really do it, keep that going. But um so today is the official day. Did you know that? Uh no, ours I think is the fifteenth. You know, California is behind Newsom oh. is just that's our dude Newsom, right? He's just like trying as hard as he possibly can to keep us fucking locked down right like yeah it's pretty annoying oh yeah so it's probably state by state so in massachusetts today right now is technically we don't have to rock the mask anymore but i went to the edge last night and skated with like my young homies like young chloe and anders and rory and like i've been skating with them here and there through the pandemic and it's like those kids are so fun to fucking skate with but in the pandemic it's like they're landing tricks and they're all hyped, but you can't see their expression because they got the fucking masks on. You know? <laughs> so like the session's so muted. It sucks. Oh my God. But I last night, about that. dude, last night it was like, I showed up to the park. They were all juiced. They, they get, ju- they get juiced because they know like we're going to skate, but they also are like stoked to film some clips too and like push themselves. So last night they were so fired up because there was no masks and like you could just see and connect with each other again. It was fucking awesome, yeah. man. It was so good. Uh, energy is everything that's fucking sick man yeah and it seriously and like it sucked in the pandemic and i get why we got to do it or whatever but it sucked because like i'm teaching these lessons and watching these kids like struggle to learn something and they're brave and they're finally landing these things and like you don't even get to see the expression on their face you know it's like so yeah so gray it's just gray feeling yeah i haven't thought about that like i haven't skated an indoor park or you know when i do skate i'm just at the fucking skate park or whatever and ain't no skateboarders out here in the streets gonna wear a mask like yeah <laughs> you know like i don't i mean actually i don't know it's not like i go to Quan or anything it's like pretty crazy shit show but i can't imagine anybody at jay Quan like wearing a mask you know maybe nah, like one or two people 
Yeah, but we're, we're not. I'm not wearing masks out here in the fucking streets. Never have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But I'm happy. I'm so happy that the mask thing is done with so far. Like it's so crazy. It's been like a year and a half, man. Like when this shit went down, I remember like them saying we're gonna have like a shutdown and a, like quarantine or whatever. And I was like, two weeks. Like this is gonna be two weeks. And people are like, no, it's gonna go into August. I'm like, no fucking way. It's going into August. Now it's like the next year. We're like closing in on August of the next year. Yeah, it's insane. It's crazy because I. Since we skate, we understand that, like, there's some rules in society that are just kind of bullshit and contradictory. So, like, because we, we kind of push those boundaries and we see what's what, you know? Like, we've always done that street skating and been like, yeah, there's just some stupid-ass signs and rules that make no sense. And we're just going to do this anyways. But, like, so the pandemic hit and it's like I have that ingrained in me. I'm like, it, it's just like there's things that make sense. And then there's times when it doesn't make sense at all, but there's people out there that don't have that like sense of like uh, rebellion. They just like follow every rule and they believe everything they're told and they follow everything and every sign telling them what they can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, it's just like kills my soul. Cause I'm like, I, I'm like, dude, we need more critical thinkers. Cause there's fucking people are just being assholes. Like, even if you don't follow uh, some rule that makes no sense and they know it makes no sense and it's contradictory, they're still like, Hey, do this, put your mask up, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're policing each other now. It's like, fuck off. You're not saving yeah. anything. You're not saving me. Save yourself. It's fucking, yeah. It's just the virtue signaling. And like, if you read like those old books, what is like, if you read like 1984 or something like that, like, it talks about like the kids are called like the spies like all this shit's crazy like all those books Fahrenheit like Fahrenheit 451 1984 like I I read the I read the 1984 not that long ago or I think I either I watched it or listened to the audio one I would like re-watched it and yeah totally just that whatever that is it's like bro that's like 1940s that shit was written in like 1940s in like England or whatever and like the parallels to what's happening now to then is insane like obviously the big brother shit and the camera surveillance or whatever, but like in the book, the kids are called the spies and they're basically taught to like snitch on their parents. Like if the parents aren't being loyal to this, to the the party or whatever, yeah. the kids are supposed to snitch on them. And that's like all everything is now. It's just, everybody's trying to snitch on everybody because the virtue signaling. It's like, you can yell at somebody because they're not wearing a mask because you care about wearing a mask because like you care. Yeah. You know, it's like virtue signaling and it just is on both sides. It's like, you're a sheep, you're fucking wearing a mask. And it's like, you're fucking not wearing a mask. You don't care about people. And it's just like everybody trying to show that they care on both sides, but it's just a very like aggressive, non-healthy way to communicate. Yeah. You know, it's cause it's that, the, yeah, they just pull it to the extremes and the truth is always in the middle. So it's like, mm-hmm. but we can't, but we can't have enough nuance to understand that because people would rather just freak out. We have a mental mm-hmm. health issue. <laughs> dude yeah that's america for sure just like uh, overreacting and whatever yeah but whatever we'll survive and i'm just happy the masks are off like it makes me feel fucking good because these people that are power tripping and like they've never had power over anyone but now they have that little like authority because the news told them or whatever or they think they're right or they can just like tell someone else how to live or what to do like fucking insane i just never yeah i would never do that like if i was 
I, I, I work a job and I don't feel the need. I don't get paid extra first to tell someone to pull their mask over their nose. So why the fuck am I going to do that? You know? And I yeah. have a mask on, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not, you're not saving them and you're not, you know, like, fuck off. I'm not going to tell a stranger what to do. It's not my exactly. place to just walk up to somebody and tell them what to do. And a perfect example of that is we were in the, to the point where like, I probably should say shit in some scenarios. Listen to this shit. So we were in Vegas last week for this trade show, right? Like where, we, where we, what was the trade show? It's called G4 Live. It was like the first one. It's like a cannabis business to business trade show. And they brought us out to, they brought the team out to like shoot a bunch of content of it, like cover the event and then shoot a vlog or whatever. So we're in the Mandalay Bay and we're just like chilling after the show, like before dinner. And I'm like, I hear a knock on the door. I'm like, this ain't room service. You know what I mean? Like it's fucking six o'clock. Like what the fuck? Open the door. There's nobody there. And then two like 12 year old girls like pop their head in from the side of the door and they're like, Hey, do you have a dog? And I'm like, literally looking around like, what the fuck? They're like, do you have a dog? And I'm like, no. And they're like, okay, we're doing a scavenger hunt. And then they run off and I'm like, who the (laughs) fuck is letting their 12 year old fucking daughters run around this hotel and knock on random fucking doors I like wanted to call security. We like went downstairs. I was like debating telling security, like find these cute little girls' parents. Like who the fuck is sending their 12 year old daughters into fucking rooms in the Mandalay Bay? People are going to be opening doors and somebody, some like creepy old dudes going to be like, yeah, I got dogs. Come check out my bathroom. Like lots of these 12 year old girls. Like, so like I was going to tell security, like, because I felt like, what the fuck? Like, where are your parents? Yeah, like, like we don't one- we don't live in fucking La La Land. People are all the way out in cloud nine. It's like, there's real danger out there, bro. Yeah, I don't know what, like, small town, like, nice Bible Belt fucking city you live in, but this is Las Vegas, and people, this is Sin City, and there's people doing shit in rooms that you you don't even want to know about or what you don't want your 12 year old daughters to like walk into like Derek. I don't even think it's small town Bible belt. I think those people are more aware of the danger. I think it's more like too progressive, like out there thinking that like everything's okay and there's no boundaries and you can be whatever you want to be. And kids and adults are equal. And it's like, uh, no, like kids are underdeveloped and growing and adults are not. And like, (laughs) like, and then you forget that, their parents are our age, fool. Terrifying. <laughs> you know what dude. I mean? Their parents, like, had them when they were 22, 23, and now 24. Now they're fucking 12. Like, I'm, like, walking around because there's also, because it's, like, the weed convention. And then right next door is, like, some crazy volleyball convention with, like, all these kids. Our dumbasses are walking around with, like, all this weed shit and, like, just smelling like weed. And there's, like, all these kids running around. And I'm, like, looking around and I'm, like, Damn. These parents are all our age taking their kids to the Vegas tournament. And like our dumbasses are like skateboarding and shooting weed content. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> um, I'm thankful for that though. <laughs> yeah. Facts. Cause yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I love kids, but I, I'd rather be working on a skateboard company, skating with the homies, filming videos and stuff right now. I mean, you have kids, you, you have like fucking dozens of kids that you take care of, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, I definitely stay immersed in skate lessons and hanging out with kids and, like, get that youthful energy and try to help them in any ways I can, you know? Yeah. That's cool. The weed the weed uh, trade show, pretty fun or what? I mean, it was the biggest shit show ever. 
and by big i mean very little <laughs> but it was just a disaster of a trade show like we've worked with like over 400 brands in the past three and a half years doing our agency and these people disrespected us like more than anybody we've ever worked with and when you show up to their trade show they're just like freaking out on us the whole time like being fucking assholes it's just like what we deal with is everybody's like you guys are fucking killing it. You guys are the best. Everybody works with you. We have to work with you. We can't wait till we work with you. We blah, 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 blah. And then they sign the invoice and then the energy just shifts to like, oh, we're paying you now. So fuck you. And you have to do what we say where it's like, oh, you're really the person that goes to the restaurant and like talk shit to the fucking server. Like that's yeah. the, the energy. You know what I mean? I, but like leading up to it before that, it's like, as soon as somebody signs the invoice, they're like, we love you. You're you're amazing. Your work is so good. And then they sign it, and they're just like, "You need to make the next Super Bowl commercial," and we're paying you a couple hundred bucks. Like, what's wrong with you? But so whatever. We go to this trade show. It's just drama between like one of their people and our people. But we just like sucked it up and like shot it the best we could. And we like it was like really bad energy. There's like ten tables. They're acting like this is the biggest trade show ever. There's literally like, ten booths in the whole trade show. Like maybe. 200 people including all the people working the show yeah so i can see why they're stressing out on us because their show fucking sucks and we showed up and like we just made the best of it there's like bad energy and everything but we like microdosed some shrooms both days and me and the video dudes just like ran around like fucking wilding out acting like idiots so it's the same shit we just it's not where you're at it's who you're with and you know oftentimes where you're at sucks so if you can just surround yourself with good people you'll be able to fucking like have a good time no matter where you're at so fucking true well said but yeah vegas was cool we all lost buddy but we went out there did our thing we were going to vegas a bunch before the pandemic dude we were out there like three weeks out of the last month before the pandemic started just yeah. like picking up a bunch of brands, like shooting a bunch of trade shows and stuff like that. So that's good. All with the high rise. Mm-hmm. Aaron's good, bro. It's been insane since we've been in that house. Aaron's literally living in the master bedroom of a ten million dollar house in Beverly Hills, <laughs> and the master bedroom is bigger than my two bedroom apartment, and he has two bathrooms. One of his bathrooms is bigger than my bedroom. Wow. Like his shower, his shower is like the size of like mine and Jen's bedroom, but he deserves it, man. Like everything's been insane out here with, with high rise and what we've done during, during the pandemic. Like, you know, we moved into that house in August in the middle of the pandemic and in California, in Southern California, there's only like three or four, um, like venues that you can have consumption events at where you can like openly smoke or whatever. And then there's like two of them are like trash. One's like a freaking studio apartment in the building in Skid Row. So it's like, there's not even good venues. So we're always talking about, we need to open up an event space and then pandemic hits. And then six months into the pandemic, one of our clients is like, yo, let's do a content house. Like our investors are down, like let's split it or whatever. Um, so we end up just like moving into this place from the old Long Beach house within like three weeks. And yeah we've been there since august and we have a bunch of like brands sponsoring the house we throw events since since we moved in in august we've thrown like 50 or 60 cannabis events throughout the pandemic like that's 30 40 people mixers where you know we'll just have like 
40 buyers from dispensaries or we'll have like a bunch of like owners, marketing directors, bud tenders, and like just plugging people in with each other. Like the amount of connections we've been able to make for ourselves and then plug people in like, oh, cool. We're going to plug in this grow with this extractor. Cool. We're going to plug in this distro with this brand. They're looking for to white label flower or whatever, like just the, the collisions we've been able to make like in this house in the last nine months, 10 months has been literally like changing the game. Like nobody has been able to throw one event in Southern California and we threw 12 in April, you know? So it's like, that's a good idea to get everyone under one roof and then, uh, allow them to mingle. And you're just the bridge that connects all that. That's pretty epic. We don't ask for shit. You know what I mean? We just introduce everybody to each other and we're going to make a hundred collisions and, you know, maybe five or 10 of those will come back our way and, you know, like just let it all fucking happen and work hard and provide value for everybody and don't take just give 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 and then it's just all gonna fucking it's all starting to roll back to us like we're talking about taking over a dispensary um basically there's like this struggling dispensary and it's like in hollywood like on melrose and we're in the middle of like um a bid for getting these investors to buy it and then give us like 20% to make it a high rise dispensary and license it to be a high rise dispensary. Wow. Wow. We just, uh, we, um, partnered up with this, uh, like little disposable vape live resin vape company. They were like brand new. We did a strain with them, a high rise pink lemon strain sold out of like three or 4,000 vapes within like a month. Um, and then we re-upped, we did another one called the high rise sourdough and 3000 vapes sold in like less than two weeks. So we're getting into all the dispensaries and, you know, the reps from Roach are just like every single bud tender knows high rise and we're opening accounts because we're putting the high rise name on it. So we've been doing well, but it's like, at this point, we're going to start the goal is to start licensing out. Like we're doing good. We're shooting content. We're doing marketing campaigns for everybody. We're doing merch. We're helping build brands, whatever graphics branding logos but we're working for every single dollar we have and we've built up this crazy equity in our company and this value that you know we work with 500 plus brands in cannabis or we have so now it's and you know we have the platform where all the consumers know who we are all the bud tenders know who we are all like lightweight like the thrasher of weed so now it's time to like how do we make royalties how do we make money off our name instead of just working for, we could, we're working our asses off 10 to 12 hours a day, like cranking shit out, like doing good. But how do we make our, all the value we've built, how do we make that make us money? So now it's like licensing deals. Now it's like, cool. Now we're going to partner with this brand and make a high rise strain or this dispensary and make it a high rise dispensary. And we can like drive all the traffic to it with like all of our, with our platform and with our community and stuff. So that's we're about to launch a edible brand here in the next few weeks. We have it all lined up. We have the packaging, we have the sourcing, we have the partnerships, we have all the contracts written out. So we're going to have an edible line in California called pyramids. And we're going to do edibles because, you know, we've been trying to launch a cannabis flower brand for the last, that's the end game goal for us. That has been, you know, as long as Aaron and I have done this, but when it comes to flower and sourcing and growing and, all the different strains and it's harvesting and you're growing this one particular plant that could get fucked up and then you got to get it tested and what happens if it tests wrong and your whole crop is fucked up or what happens if someone goes to a different grow and then they come into your grow and they still have the all the like pollen or whatever 
from the other grow and they bring it in and it kills your entire fucking crop. So yeah. like flour, there's a billion things that could go wrong. Pricing, everybody wants it at this price. The, the market is going to go up and down. It's going to fluctuate how much pounds are. So we realized with edibles, it's like you have three fucking edibles. You have indica, sativa, hybrid. You have three skews. You run the oil or the distillator, the live red, like whatever you want to put in it. You're not having to have the, I have 12 strains. Now I got to grow all these 12 strains and this one didn't yield as much. And this one kind of got fucked up. This one doesn't look as good. This one popped. Like yeah. when it comes to edibles, it's like, cool, dude, the dispensary could be like, I want fucking 12 indica. I want 18 sativa. I want, you know what I mean? And it's like, you have the same consistent three products. It's going to in and out. You know what I mean? Like you go to in and out where you have the same three things, or you can go to the charbroil restaurant that has like steak and eggs all the way to like cheesecake, all the way to, fried zucchini you know what i mean like the it's, thing it's, with it's way easier just to go down to three and focus on those because instead of having all that chaos and options it's like dwindle it down you know yeah so that's what we learned like trying to do this this flower brand and talking to all of our clients you're just like dude it's we want to do it but it's gonna be a fucking headache so for, for now we're just gonna do this like little edible brand because it's that easy it's just three fucking products and we don't have to you know you just put the oil in it you know Honestly, that you know, it's not going to matter. It's not strain specific oil, so it's not. I don't know. It's not as much of a pain in the ass. So we got that rolling out here in the next couple of weeks, but we just have like a million things going on right now. And well, I'm so I'm so stoked for you guys. It's fucking like, crazy. I, I've been watching you guys for years and years and years, and it's so cool to see like all your hard work and just your passion, and you guys not giving up and just adjusting and adjusting and finding what works and moving with the times and like. It, you've guys, you you guys have done everything it takes to to build up that equity to where you can start making money off of like less of backbreaking work, like like you were saying. And and uh, I've watched it from the begin, like the beginning. You guys have been doing this before, so like, even before this shit. Yeah, you know, so I'm just like, world. I'm just like, you guys inspire me on so many levels because it's uh, it's amazing to see people not give up and just keep rolling with the times and adjusting and it's like a fighting a boxing match almost with trying to figure out how to build a brand and grow it and you guys are ducking and weaving and counter punching and just still going dude i love it i fucking love it dude <laughs> it's exactly what it is man it's exactly and it's like it's not how hard you can get hit it's how hard you can take a punch and like i've learned in the last couple of years like i'm so much more non-reactive and patient and i just don't take things personally like the last couple of years i don't know what that is i don't know if that's like my age i don't know if that's experience i don't know if it's like after my dad passing away like you just it just shift you know in your mind but aaron eats so much fucking shit every single day like clients being complete assholes to him when we're we over delivered we delivered twice the amount of photos and videos you asked for they're a million times better than anything on the feed but you're still going to be a fucking dick to us because you're paying for our service so you think that you can be a fucking asshole so aaron's just putting up luckily i just sit behind the camera and shoot not deal with any of that shit <laughs> so like aaron just aaron and josh our coo they just get treated like shit every single day and like I always say the six, first off, we say Aaron is literally the most patient person on the planet. And then two, like, it's almost like a game for him, like how patient he can be when somebody's being an asshole. It's, it's pretty weird. But uh, like the success of high rise is like based on Aaron's patient and Aaron's ability to just eat shit. And all we do is eat shit every day. Like people are going to be fucking assholes to you. It's business. People have personal problems and not everybody knows how to fucking control that shit. 
and people are going to project their personal stuff on you, whether it's they were stuck in traffic on the way to the meeting and they want to fucking be a dick or whether they were significant other was being like an asshole to them, you know, like people are dickheads. And like, I've learned in the last couple of years and Aaron's just been so good at this and our success is like a major percentage of that is because this fool can just eat shit and not be phased not take it personally, not react to it and treat that like snap back at somebody, just literally just be like, okay, cool. This is, I am saying the right thing back as a good person. And I can sleep at night knowing that like, I'm not snapping back at somebody and I'm just taking the shit. And in the future, like, cool, we're going to fucking continue rising our, you know, in value. And you're the person that talked shit to us in the past. So either you could be sorry or, it's not going to look good when we work with everybody and you're fucking everybody knows you're an asshole. You know? Yeah. I know. I know that one just to working with a, in the skateboard industry is just like was working with skate shops and all the different types of people that run open and run a skate shop. It's not like everyone's a seasoned professional that knows what they're doing. And definitely, like you said, uh, attitudes and communication issues and trying to work through, remotely through fucking computers and not knowing each other and actually shaking hands because of a pandemic and like you got to really give people the the benefit of the doubt a lot of the times you know like sometimes you just can't respond right away to an email or a text or a dm you gotta let it sit for a while because you gotta not take it like you said not take it so personal and just kind of disc it's it's hard man that's just like longevity in the game is learn like you were saying you got to learn that over time is that you know maybe someone had a really bad day maybe they're just not as professional as you are you know it's like it takes all types to make things run so the better you can react uh the better you can uh, the better you can understand yourself and control yourself the better you'll be able to work with others and it's like it like a parallel to like this business thing where people bring assholes is just the same shit with like trolls online, right? Like people who are talking shit to you. It's like the same exact thing, the same energy where like there's times that you just want to be like, man, I could fucking bury you. Like you go to their fucking page or like you just got the clap back like on point, but it's like, I don't know. I just hit a certain age where you just, okay, I'm not going to send that. And then like an hour later, you're like, thank God I didn't say that, send that because you're just not in the mood to argue an hour later. And, 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 and truthfully, they're and just you're going to get waste sucked your, back into it. Yeah. They're just yeah. going to waste your fucking time too, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, just, uh, but every now and again, when you know, you just got some bars, you got to serve somebody up with, you're like, okay, I'm going to fucking serve this person up with some bars right now. Sometimes you got to release some energy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. But yeah, you got you got to keep that edge on you. <laughs> okay, so let's let's switch a little bit um from work and high rise and stuff. Let's talk some skateboarding stuff. I don't know if you've been skating a lot lately or have you watched any skating stuff? Have you paid attention to anything that's going on in skateboarding? What's on your so radar? So like my skateboard consumption is whatever my Instagram algorithm wants to feed me. <laughs> and so it's just my homies to be honest like it's fucking great like my instagram algorithm just feeds me the the homies that i want to see skate as thank you instagram you know um so yeah i just see see the super basic shit i see my boys i see the all i need dudes i see my homies i see just some basic thrasher shit i see a bunch of dudes i don't know who any of these people are but they're fucking doing fucked up shit and then i just see 
people doing like back over crook, like triple kink rails and like stupid shit. And then I, every single day, I just want to post on my story. A lot of you motherfuckers need to get jobs because there's a lot of motherfuckers out here that are like 30 years old that are maybe shop sponsored that still think that they're going to make it in skateboarding. But there's this fucking 20, there's this 12 year old in Japan doing big flip front blunt, big flip out. Like that's what I see. And I'm just like, yeah, a lot of y'all need to give up this dream right now. And go it's, fucking it's, contribute to society. It's a hard pill. To, we both know it's a hard pill to swallow. Well, yeah. You work so hard for it and you're dreaming about it and you like know it's possible. And then even when you do get it, it's only lasts for so long unless you do have the skills of a, that a job would have gave you <laughs> to like maintain mm-hmm. it and keep it going and build mm-hmm. it. Like, thank God I had a thank God I've had a good work ethic and worked for other people before I got sponsored, because if I was just one of those young kids who got sponsored and everything was done for me. And then it got taken away because of a recession or just a brand deciding to change direction. I would have been fucking fucked because I would have had no life skills. And then thank God, like I fucking had that work ethic and had real job experience because I was able to get a job and then and then put that money into my own brand. And then the skills I had from working a job have helped me manage the brand and know how to run it. And so, yeah, there's a lot of dudes out there and, and skaters out there that, um, they've been running from responsibility their whole life. And now it's just getting kind of sad because they're too old to be doing that. And they're not like, they're not giving anything back. <laughs> it's rough. You know, rough. I might be jaded too. Cause I'm out here, you know, and like yeah, that's me, true. Li- me living out here, I get like every dude who moves out here is like that dude from their town. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's probably not a bunch of like leftover people in all the small towns that are like, I'm still going to make it. You know, it's like dudes that are like out here that are, you know, good too. And you could make it, but it's like, we're not fucking, you know, Nigel's the chosen one. You know what I mean? Like, we're not all the chosen one. Like, <laughs> the chosen there's, one. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we're not, nobody else is going to be fucking Nigel making all this money and like living that crazy justin bieber life like you, you can't be a one-trick pony either like you can't just think that like you're gonna move to california and all you know how to do is skateboard and you're almost 35 and it's just you're gonna keep doing that one-trick pony thing and think that mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're gonna get some magical niger sponsored and then your dreams are gonna come true you gotta like diversify your skills and figure out how to work bro yeah 100 percent. i mean look at like you're saying like i had a job my whole skate career you know, like I didn't have a job for maybe like six months or something like that. Like I had a job the whole time and I was shooting photos and I'm not a complete idiot. But when world kicked us all off, I'm like working at the fucking skate shop for less than minimum wage. Like, what am I doing, dude? You know, like, and I, yeah, it's tough. You definitely have to line yourself up and just having skills is cool. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not fucking at the spots and shit anymore. Like no older skater dude from our generation or no pro dude is wants to sit here and like talk skating with the flow dude. Like the flow dude isn't going to tell the OG something he doesn't know. This dude's got his fucking like PhD triple black belt and you got the white belt trying to like grow down at them on skate shit. It's just like the old dude is just advice for younger skaters out here who are getting to hang out or you're, maybe you get taken on a flow trip. Like everybody has a dope, unique path, like past, like foundation. Right. So the old dude 
been this is his hundredth fucking skate trip, like jaded as fuck. The young kid doesn't want to sit here and like, oh, I'm fucking skateboarding. I'm in fucking whatever Miami. I'm at the fucking spot. Like that's literally me blowing it when I was 21 years old. The young, the Miami. young kid wants to talk about everything you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. right. And then the old dude's like, it's fucking hundredth trip. He's like 30 something. He's like trying to buy a house or he's like getting into gardening or he's fucking, you know <laughs> what I mean? And so it's like, whatever they, whatever you young kid out there who's like hanging out with these like older dudes like maybe your parents have a dope garden maybe you grew up doing like fucking wood shop shit maybe like cranberry bogging whatever like yeah that's interesting that's fucking dope you know what i mean like the old the older dude wants to be like well yo, fucking cranberry bogger these, you know these, what petun- I mean? these petunias is mad dope yo <laughs> exactly like yo so like what's the best soil for these orchids you know <laughs> like like i don't know like some interesting shit like that's that shit's cool man it's like cool embrace embrace that you know like embrace the your little quirky shit you grew up with that most people might be like embarrassed and not want to share you know, like I grew up and my parents like did this and they had me doing fucking dude, homie that lives at the uh, the mansion. He works. He's like one of our clients. He has this brand. It's like concentrate brand. His fucking boyfriend been hanging out this whole time. Didn't know that this kid was like a fucking national champion figure skater when he was like 14. Whoa. Like hung out with this kid for a year. And then we find out this shit and we're like watching his videos when he's like 14. He's like from Russia, traveled the fucking world, like never mentioned one thing, probably embarrassed of it, like doesn't want to talk about it to us because he's like younger. And we're like, bro, you're literally like national champion, gold medal winner, multiple years. Like, you know what that takes to do? Like, and I just immediately just started asking him all these questions, fanning out on him, like travel. He's like traveling the fucking world. He's been to fucking Tokyo. He's like skated here. He skated there, like, like literally living in a crazy, like, Macaulay Culkin childhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, that's just interesting, man. Like, we can all sit here and talk about skating or, oh, this dude did this trick or this dude did that trick. But that's, like, I'm not going to be a fucking 35-year-old dude sitting here talking about a trick a 19-year-old did and, like, having a real opinion that's passionate. You know what I mean? Well, like, It's a funny analogy, but it's kind of like, it's like when you're little, it's like all that skate stuff gives you the skate boner you want. You get a little skate boner and you're raging. You're like, oh, fucking backside overgrooks. And when you're older, it takes a little more to get you get you primed, you know? Like you need to yeah. you need to talk about some gardening and stuff. And then you're like, oh, I feel the juices moving. And then you might go into like some backside nose grind talk, you know? But it's like yeah, exactly. you've already you've already overindulged in the fucking the skate porn side of things you know <laughs> exactly especially from our era it's so different like me and you growing up on the other sides of the country like same age like at any given time before the internet we could have met and been like bro did you see bobby's tricks down the gold rail in dc or did yeah. you see jack did you see what jack did on the gold rail did you see fucking whatever whatever like we knew every single trick that was ever documented in skateboarding like before the internet, you know, this is obviously this is obvious to our generation, but I, I don't know if the younger generation like comprehends like landline phones and this concept, but like <laughs> we like, I, I could have never met fucking Anthony and like saw Anthony from across the room with some shredded up excels back in 2000 or 1999 and walked up to him and 
without knowing each other and be like, dude, you see Muska Wills, the tailside Will shirt in the new Circa ad, you would have been like, dude, did you see Brian Sumner do the frontside salad on this specific rant? Like, we would know, like, yeah. the secret society, you know, like the secret society of skateboarding back in the day was so sick. Yeah. Exactly. And our love, like, our love for Nolly Heels is just like, we connect there too, you know? Yeah. Like, fuck this dude, Nolly Crook, Bray at 12. I want to do that, but sick. Now I don't have to do it because... I I'm did it. Scared. I, I was that dude. I know I that it. was you, and I was like, "Dude, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it, but I was like, really scared. I was gonna sack the shit out of my nuts." And when you did it, I was like, kind of jelly, but also like relieved, you know, because it yeah. was like my my local rail, and I didn't. I knew I could do, it, but I didn't want to try because I was like, "I'm not trying to go to the hospital." Well, if you snooze, you lose, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Let this dude do it. I was coming out from the I was coming out from the East Coast and I was just fresh on Birdhouse and I needed needed a, a, uh, an ad for Tony so I was had the fire I was like I'll sack this thing five times if I get an ad for Tony you know fucking monster yeah dude so just... my first my first photo my like first photo in Thrasher I don't know if I, I have it at the the other the other house I don't know if I have one laying around right here but. My first photo of Thrasher was like the the burial heel crook contents or whatever, and it's like I think it's the photo before or after your birdhouse ad, like what? kick flipping into the riverbed, and I'm just like, dude, it's so crazy how life works. It's like the next page, like you turn the page and it's like me, and you turn the page, it's you, and it's just like fucking 2004. You know what I mean? So wild. So yeah. Wild. It's yeah. all that's like how I look at life so much. It's just doing shit now for that. Like everything I do at High Rise, and I tell everybody, like everything I'm doing right now is for five years from now, ten years from now. Like we work our fucking asses off right now, so in like ten years we're all chilling and we're like sitting in like Italy drinking espresso, laughing about how we used to eat shit. You know, the yeah. come up. That's a difference from being young and <clears throat> getting to our age. Is you start to like, you start to um realize you got a plan for the future it's not going to happen so then you start you get you start in the present you work your ass off until you can get a, your head above water a little bit and look out a year or two and then once you get that then you're working your ass off and then you get a little more of your head out water and then you can look five years down the road and start making moves for that that's all that's a grind to get to that point you know but it's a it's a good uh good to be able to have that vision looking out into the future and be work it gives you purpose too because you're aiming at something beyond yourself that you can move towards so it's good that's everything yeah the whole something beyond yourself too is something that like has hit me like the last year or two it's like it's similar to people who like i know neither of us are like religious we have our own like feelings towards spirituality or whatever but like it's like really doing something bigger than yourself you know, and like we work with a bunch of influencers and people who are like, that's their personal brand. But it's really hard to navigate those waters because you have like your emotions and you have like your ego dragging you so many different directions. Where like when we're doing something for high rise, it's like, fuck what how I feel. Is this the best for the future of high rise? Like, is me getting treated like shit by somebody and wanting to snap on them worth burning a bridge for high rise in the future? Like when you have something that's like bigger than yourself, it's holds you accountable and it's like will benefit your life so much more. Cause like I said, we work with all these influencers and they're self-serving. Everything is so self-serving and then they end up reacting to things based on their ego 
and then that burns a bridge and then that's you know that just sets the butterfly effect into to motion of you know bad more negative things and interactions and conflicts to where if you're something bigger like you with all i need like or the boys you know all the homies with all i need like you're gonna have to be on your best behavior when you go to escape park not they're not shitty people but like you're representing all i need you know what i mean and like we want everybody to love our team and be down for the fucking brand so when we all show up to the park or the spot we're gonna be respectful you know that same energy yeah it's like it's awesome to have that self-awareness enough to know that there's things bigger beyond yourself it's hard though it's hard especially when you're not in control of yourself and you don't have control over your emotions and the gifts you've been given that's a lot of things like when you're young you're born into the world and everything's new and it's chaos and you're just like your perceptions and everything turn on and it's all overstimulating and you're trying to figure it out and then culture comes in and society comes in and they pull you in directions you might not want to go and just trying to mold you into something and you're still trying to figure out your faculties and how to use everything and how to like it's like such a chaotic thing, you know, but it's amazing when you can get to the point where you can like almost cancel all that out, take the good from it, let go of the bad and then focus on yourself and uh, focus on your perception and focus on listening and try to use those, those gifts as tools to like kind of figure out where you can uh, find happy, like some sort of happiness and work and all that stuff. And it, it's really hard to do that, you know, like, uh, the world doesn't, the world doesn't allow us to grow, you know, like everything's set up almost the opposite. It's almost to fool you and put you in a trap to make money off you. It's not like, let's, let's allow the individual to flourish and expand and develop with their capacities so they can understand themselves. And then once they do that, then they can, uh, help the external world, you know, but it's like the whole world's like set up to like fit you in a box, make you do this, that, you know, like it's insane, man. Like at what, at what age? Cause like, I know you've had like the craziest, like upbringing ever. And what age or what point in time did you feel like, okay, everything's like slowing down. Things are starting to make sense. I have a little bit of security now I can build. Cause like, that's a big thing too, is like having no direction, having no vision, having no security. You're just, you're just trying to, to like float and stay above water and it's hard to flourish when you're just fucking doggy paddling trying to tread water you know what i mean once you do get that little bit of foundation like you're on land like you're no longer treading water i made it onto the shore i'm on land i have this foundation now i can grow and now i can fucking boom but yeah like you know me being 30 getting kicked off world making less than minimum wage having no life skills trying to figure out what the fuck i'm gonna do like the first you know however many years just that struggle like fuck, this is hard this is hard you know like you've been in that and people listening like you know maybe a bunch of people are in that and it's like just the treading water is so hard but you do if you just keep your fucking head down you stop like worrying about yourself and like <clears throat> you're getting yourself out of that once you get that foundation shit just takes off from there but like at what point for you <clears throat> did you hit that where you were like okay now i feel kind of secure like now I can build on the security that I have. So, you know, yeah, I do. So, um, so when I lost my sponsors, that was a wake up call for sure. Cause then it was like, all right, this money's not coming in anymore. And I got to go this world. Yeah. This was world when the, that ended. 
But I also, like I said, I worked jobs beforehand. So I knew I had a work ethic. And then um, when I lost the sponsors, that just gave me the fire. It like allowed me to go, okay, now it's fully on me. So I was like, I don't have a sponsor. I am a sponsor now. I got to sponsor my fucking self. So first thing I did was get a job. And when I got a job, uh, at first it fucking sucked again because I was like, fuck. I don't have my own time. Like I have on someone owns my time right now. I'm renting my time out, you know? And that was kind of rough. Cause I'm like, there's so much I want to be doing with my time. You have dreams and aspirations and whatever, but <clears throat> by working for someone else, it allowed me to build up that, like that sense of like, okay, I got to start hustling and figure out a way to get back some of my time, you know, like, cause right now, if I don't figure something out, they're just going to have all my time. And I'm going to be working for less than I deserve because that's what a job is. Most jobs anyways. Um, so then I just started hustling. I was like, no, I'm just going to figure this out. It just gave me the like sense of urgency to focus on fucking all I need, which is skateboarding. So then I just started thinking about that and building platforms to kind of promote skateboarding, like the YouTube channel, the podcast. I was like, this is something that I can do that I'll enjoy that I can build. And towards the future, like we were already talking, you know, uh, about building towards the future. And I was working. So when when you start working for someone else, that's a good thing. Like if you're young, man, the fastest way to become your own boss is to work for someone else because you become an apprentice and you got to learn what your time's worth, you know, because they're going to tell you. They're going to go, you're worth minimum wage. And then you're going to have to prove yourself that you can do that job excellent. And then if they won't give you a raise, then you got to fucking get your shit together and reach out for another job that'll give you a raise or work that job while working on a side project that can make you more money. So you can have some streams of revenue coming in. So you're more independent, but it's basically when you become independent, that's when I felt like, okay, now like no one can take this shit from me. You know what I mean? Like I have multiple streams of revenue coming in and if the bottom falls out, I still got some money coming in and then but having a good work ethic too really helps with that because then you know if the bottom falls out, you know you can hustle, you can work hard, and you can. There's a lot. There's jobs out there. I know people. I know the news and everything is like there's no jobs, but like there's people that need hard work and dedicated people. And even if you don't like the job, but you have a dream you're working on, and you know that job will pay you and cover your bills while you work on your passion, then that gives you a determination to keep working and help that business thrive. You know, and if you help them work. You're going to get that paycheck and then you can put some of it into your own thing until you can figure out a way to make that your full-time thing. What was the question again though? Sorry. Just, so uh, I can... just basically like when you kind of like at what point did you feel like the, you had the security, like, you oh, know, your yeah. whole life just being like, just being like, fuck, like, is this going to work out? Like, because it's so hard to, to really level up when you have that feeling, when you have the, the uncertainty, the feeling of insecurity and uncertainty that like, is this going to work out in my life? Like you can't put your full effort in. Like you can use that energy to like go hard in times that you need to go hard. But like yeah. having that, that weight on you, it's really hard to grow when you have the weight of like, is it going to be okay? You know? And like, at what point, like, was it, you know, like after like the world thing and the all I need where you're like working and you got the shit going on at the edge, you know, is it, was it yeah. that point where you were like, okay, cool. Now I just feel like, it's all good. I'm secure. I can build myself and build uh, all these kids around me. 
you know? So, yeah. So, okay. So I was on the right path. Um, I can give you a specific time in my life, but really it's when you strip yourself down. It's like, you gotta, I heard a saying from someone, it was like modern man can't see God cause he doesn't look low enough. So it's like, you got to strip yourself down, especially in this society in America. It's like, everything's about things, you know, it's all about, we worship things. We worship material things more than the human soul. So if you can do without anything, if you can strip your life down to the bare necessities, like I wake up, I have a breath in my lungs. I can think my perceptions turn on. I can hear and see I'm, I'm, you know, and you don't take those things for granted and you can wake up sober every day and go, I'll take on anything. I don't care if I have to work a job. It's not going to deter me. I, I am driven. I have a mission. And some people never have that. I've been fortunate to have that just because I grew up in fucking chaos and I lost everything early. Lost my father at 12. My mom was lost most of my life because her drug addiction and the hell she was in. So I didn't really have a mother, like a conventional mother. I just had uh, someone I had to worry about, basically. Um, So I, I just always was like, I'm the fucking captain of this ship. Like, if I don't figure this out, like, I'm going to go to hell, basically, L- literally and figured it mm-hmm. and yeah. um but like so in life it's like you got to strip yourself down to nothing and see if you can survive and when you get to that bottom that that the bottom of the pit and you're like fuck it i can work my way up from here and i can survive with very little and still be happy and still find ways to move forward that's hard for people but it's because if you lust after things then you're always going to be behind because there's never enough things you know and it doesn't mean something if that's all you want is that thing because you're going to get that thing and then you're going to want another thing and another thing and another thing. So much like you were saying when you're talking about all the work you've been doing, Derek, and all the, the things you've been doing for a long time and the things that you that bring you joy and give you purpose and make you feel alive, those things you lose yourself in and you lose track of time, if you follow those things, they're not necessarily things, but those actions and those feelings, if you follow those, those will lead you in the right direction, you know? But when you're young, you got to strip yourself of all that shit and swallow your ego and realize like, hey, I don't, I don't, like, your mind will deceive you. You'll think you'll have everything figured out because you're trying to express yourself and figure it out and you're hanging around with a bunch of other people that are doing the same thing and you're all, like, you're all feeding off each other's chaos. It's, like, good to know that we're faulty, uh, unfinished people and we're trying to figure it out, you know? So it's, it's hard, man. I can, uh, it's really hard. But for me, it was just like stripping myself down to nothing and then working up from that. And it was, that was kind of when I was really young, I, I had that. So getting sponsored and stuff, like it kind of defined me. I was like, yeah, I'm a sponsored skater and I was very proud of it. And then when that got okay. taken, when, when I got, when that got taken away, it hurt a little bit, but I also knew that I had already been to the bottom, which was way worse than losing sponsors. It was like, losing loved ones you know which is way worse and i survived that yeah. shit i fucking survived that shit and actually kept going and i pursued a dream and kept it going so like that helped me but like yeah so i don't know i just know that like if we can wake up every day and not take the things that we have for granted like our gifts our natural gifts that are given to us not you know and then we can we can develop those and we can get we can earn anything we want in life you know it's just a matter of uh harnessing your powers but it's really hard man um but there was no like real moment when i lost all my sponsors and i started all i need i guess that's the real external moment because i was like all i need is 
it made me focus because I put it out there. I was like, if I call my brand all I need, it sounds selfish, you know? And I was like, yeah, but what if the things I'm chasing after aren't selfish? Like they're for skateboarding because I love skateboarding like all of us. And I was like, I really want to keep skateboarding in my life, even if I have to like serve skateboarding and not be the star, you know? And like, cause I was already the star and people worked behind the scenes to help me be the pro and help me get in the mags and the vids and shit. And I just knew I was getting older and I couldn't even keep that up anyways. Like there's a diminishing life on that. Like, so when I called it all I need, I was like, yeah, this might be taken the wrong way. But then I was like, no, nah, like trust yourself. Like you have good intentions. You love skateboarding. It helped you grow. It's improved your life. It helped you get over the loss of your father. It helped you deal with your mom's addiction problems. It helped you like travel the world. Like, like let's keep following that. And it truly is a necessity, you know? So like that, I guess that's the moment when I called it all I need and put it out into the world. I thought people would, and at first people did misconstrue it and take it for like a different thing, you know, but now it's like after all the years of doing it, people get it because they just kind of apply it to themselves. They're like, oh yeah, all I need, what do I need? You know, like I don't have like, mm-hmm. the brand's not one of those brands where I get, it's not like a baker where it's like, we all have to be into a certain thing and whatever. It's more like you internalize the brand and make it whatever. All the people on the team are mm-hmm. their own individuals that represent for themselves you know it's like that's been that was always my dream team too too was like i never wanted to have a team full of the same dude i was like we need a lot of different talents and strengths and personalities and that's what makes a sick team you know so like to name it all i need is like and to get people to understand that which was amazing you know that you guys understand that and we're like yeah i'm fucking down for this um really helped me out a lot but yeah i guess that's the moment like when i started the brand really because that's when I put it out there. Cause I always had these thoughts and feelings behind the scenes, you know, but like to put it out there and like hope someone would understand it or relate to it. That was the moment where I'm like, yeah, once people got it, like, I'm like, all right, we're going, this is it. Like I'm fine. And just being independent, yeah. being independent is a hard thing for people. It really fucking is because sometimes you get paid by someone and you like what you do, but they really are there. They, they hold that job over you. They hold that sponsor over you. And, when that's gone, if you if you defined yourself by that, then you're lost and you have to figure out who the fuck you are. So again, strip yourself down to just the necessities, survive from there, and then start figuring out how to be in control of your life, your time, your money, all that stuff, which is we all are going through that. We all are, you know, especially now with all the censorship stuff and all these jobs being like, you can't say this, you got to think this way, you got to do that. Like, well, everyone's trying to conform you into some fucking woke shit and you're like it's just not good man <laughs> no it's not. i hope i yeah, answered I, your question basically yeah it seems like it's yeah it's like when you started the brand and it's like you started the brand and that was the purpose it gave you know gave you it's just a purpose bigger than you now it's and especially yeah. the way you operate you're not just like putting these kids on to blow up the brand you're putting these kids on because you want to fucking nurture them and flower them and like get them their flowers in the future and like help raise men, you know what I mean? And productive members of society that can also enjoy skateboarding, not like giving these kids a fucking false dream that they're going to like go move to California and go skate Tampa. And you could be the next Jamie Foy. Like, fuck that. Like, yeah. Like create a bubble for them, create a bubble for them. Exactly. You said it perfect earlier, Derek. It was like, that's basically what all I need is for me. Like you were saying with high rise, it's like, 
we're working five years out now. Like everything we do with high rises, we're building for the future. And that was always been my mentality with uh, all I need was like, cause I felt like it was, I, I introduced the brand a little early ahead of its time. So I've, I've always been working in, towards the future with the brand. Like every move I've ever made was a sacrifice now so that we can have something in the future. And those take, that takes time. Like you're saying. Even as far as like you having a full time job and then also doing the world thing so that you could put all the money back into all I need. Like with High Rise, the first, you know, until we started the agency, we did manufacturing for other people like merch. And then we paid ourselves with the merch and, and just put all the money back into High Rise, like sacrificing, 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 you know, and the same thing with All I Need, where it's like, if you're like, I'm going to start a company, everybody wants to start a brand or whatever, but you're trying to pay yourself with that brand like immediately, that's going to fuck. It's the same thing if you're skating to be sponsored. Like that's just going to throw a fucking wrench in your mindset and it's just going to put pressure on you that you need to make money and now you're going to make all these decisions that you wouldn't make because you're under pressure. Yeah, because that know? takes a – getting sponsored is not an easy thing and it takes time. So if that's your only goal – it's not going to happen instantly because that only happens to like 1%. And then you're going to be like bummed out because you're like I'm not reaching my goals, you know, like. Exactly. And yeah. then you're going to be like, maybe I need to skate like this. They want them, you know, and you're getting in your own fucking head, just being self-conscious where if you could work another job, like my girlfriend, like Jen, she has her vegan bakery and like Caffeinated she's fucking kitchen. killing it. Yeah, she's killing it. And the same shit. She had three jobs and she baked to start, you know. Then she got more accounts. Then she quit one of her jobs and she got more accounts and she just trickled it in. Just It just really takes the pressure off. Uh, I need to survive off my passion project. Like Let that shit grow organically and in the long term, that shit will work out. I don't know. I love it. I love it. It's like what we have with High Rise. It's what you have. It's what Jen has. Like We're all on the same exact path. Just blue collar as fuck. Like, I was literally thinking the other day, dude. Like I was like, who the fuck is more blue collar than you in skateboarding? Like, I was trying to think, like, I mean, maybe some OGs like Wade Spare, who literally, like, drove a fucking semi-truck or something like that, the first dude to crooked grind, hub a hideout and shit, you know? But, like, in terms of, like, our era of skateboarding, like, blue collar and longevity, like, I'm sure there's been dudes who've, like, come in and out of the industry and, you know, within our career, like, a quick dude who came in for nine, nine months or 18 months that was, like, gnarly blue collar, but, like full journeyman blue collar like we're on family feud and steve harvey's like they have a blue collar skateboarder like you're gonna be up on that board bro like, <laughs> i was like thinking about it like i don't I've know been, i've been very open about my whole plight and things that i've been doing just because uh being open about it has kept that like kept me in check and kept me having to like stay true to what i'm saying and keep me on the right path you know instead of trying to lie to myself or others I like I've been very honest about everything since the beginning, since I started skating, because I was a realist about skateboarding. Like I knew that like my sponsorship run was going to end at some point. I went into it knowing that because I learned that from losing my father was like, oh, things don't last forever. There's finite. We're finite. There's we're in the infinite, but time is finite for us. And we're going to have to. So like I always had that mindset as a young kid, like. I want to get to the top of the hill, but the top of the hill is just the top of the hill. And then you go down and go up and go down and go up, you know? So like, and I've been very honest about all that stuff in my life and about, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, there's no other way, man. I, I, 
I don't know what to say. Like, if you want to keep your dream going after the sponsor's gone, then you're going to have to work for it. And that's blue collar. Blue collar is waking up every day, realizing I need to schedule, realizing that it's not going to be handed to you, realizing that you got to work for it and grind it out. And then um, and if you're fortunate and you're making the right sacrifices, then um, maybe you can work yourself out of that blue collar and help other people get into the blue collar position because they might need that. You know, some people don't even have jobs and they need that like apprenticeship or they need that fucking minimum wage job so they can develop themselves and figure out how to work with them work how to manage their time and how to work with other people and how to move up from there you know it's all a process it's we don't we come in the world like with everything we need but we need to take those gifts and develop them and it's like um when you're young you don't want to admit that you know you rather just pretend like you're a rock star and that it's magically going to be given to you and sometimes it will but when that happens a lot of times it's just taken away from you just as fast because it was easy come easy go type shit you know so like no matter what dude as an individual we need to develop our gifts that we have and our gifts are like being able to see so look at things you that are beautiful that you enjoy that bring you pleasure that that are you know look at things that you can that aren't going to bring you down listen listen to people that as much as you can and try not to consume too much garbage you know and like try to listen to things and that help listen you to yourself yeah, yeah i feel like so much of the the finding a gift is like hard for people i feel like because you don't realize what your gift is because it's so normal to you like i grew up like my dad was a fucking food photographer so i grew up in his studio as a kid i don't fucking know like i had this gift because i grew up around my dad so like when i get older and i'm into photography it's like oh i can shoot product photography like it is a gift because i grew up around it but i didn't realize it was a gift because it's so normal you know like I was saying earlier, like maybe your fucking parents are gardeners or not, or like they have a nursery or, you know, they grow some shit in their backyard. Like, and you know how to grow shit when you're like nine years old, you don't realize that's a gift when you're like 17, 18. Cause you're not thinking about like, I want to grow these heirloom tomatoes. You're thinking about like what the new fucking NBA young boy track is or whatever, you know, all the, you don't all the realize it's a gift. All the glitters is not gold, my friend. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. like the unique, like every single one of us has like a super unique childhood and upbringing with adversity, and you know, with some positive shit. And it's all it, it that's our unique gift. And like the, it, what I was just think about this as you're talking, it's like it's like what you learn from the adversity is the gift because that's like the growth right? Like we all had go through it. If, if not, we all like everybody goes through their own version of adversity, you know, the spectrum. Def definitely. We, we're all going to lose our life. So no one gets out of this ride without taking a loss. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, it's, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. It's the same shit. It's just like our, those gifts come out of adversity, you know, and we're just, when you're young, you're just like, fuck, this sucks. This sucks. Adversity, adversity or whatever. Like, don't even know the word adversity, just bad shit's happening to me, you know, but like coming out of the other side of that is the gift, you know, you just don't realize it until you're like our age. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, that's so <laughs> hopefully, true. Hopefully you realize it when you're our age. And it's hard to be, to have some gratitude if everyone's doing things for you. So it's like, you got to have some gratitude even for those negative things. Cause those are, those are your chance to turn them into positive, which will develop, you'll develop if you can do that. If you can take L's, and learn how to carry those L's forward and then let go of them and turn them into something positive. That's something as a young person, you got to learn to do because the longer you pursue anything, what you're doing in your life, you're pursuing your life. You're like, if we're lucky, we get to be a son. We get to be a brother. 
we get to be a uncle a grandfather like and you pursue those things and you try to get better at them so it's like yeah i i agree with you man and it's like a lot of it is being grateful for all the things that come your way good or bad and that's really fucking hard to do because like i i still struggle with that like i wake up and i'm having a bad day and like on the good day on the bad days where i make them into good days is the days where i go when something's going wrong and i'm angry and i'm pissed off and i'm talking to myself like i'm in fucking hell and i'm like and it could be something trivial or it could be a real fucking serious issue. It's when I take a deep breath and I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Please. Thank you. Please. And thank you. And I stop and literally say that to myself or I'll say it out loud and just go, please. And thank you. Please. And thank you. Please, please help me. Please guide me, please. And I don't even know who I'm talking to at the time. Maybe myself, maybe something else. I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter. Just say it. Just your, yeah. Your yeah. monologue says it. And then thank you. is just like, Thank you. Thank you for this chance to deal with this. Thank you for the feelings and everything, good and bad. If you don't take the things for granted, then you can work with them and try to turn them into positive or use them to help help yourself develop. And that's a hard thing just to remember. And our emotions overtake us, you know, like, and that's why it's really important to get control, understand yourself, strip yourself down. That means no drugs, none of that shit. Understand yourself sober as fuck so you can go, this is who I am. This is how I feel. This is what I think at the moment. And then you can you can get control of those things. And then you can start to figure out what you can take in and how you can adjust. And like it's really hard, man. But those are the moments like where I have a really hard day and I can stop and actually still remember to be grateful and just go, oh, it's just a temporary problem. Just a temporary yeah. problem. You know? Those are the moments, I'll, dude. I'll lay in bed and I'll just like <clears throat> I'll just like be grateful for things and just start rattling off a list and what i've been doing like the last like six months is like six months to a year just be like not just be like i'm thankful for my mother or my fucking jen or aaron like i'm that's whatever that's a given i'm literally thinking like i'll start running through my head like I'm thankful for this shitty ass mattress that I have. Like I'm thankful for like my fucking $7 house shoes that I got at big lots. Like I'm going, I, like I'm it's more detailed shit. Cause I like to watch a lot of like fucked up shit, like adversity stuff, you know, like my favorite things to watch in life are like people coming, overcoming adversity and achieving like that Kevin Garnett, anything can happen moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that to me is like, I'll get chills just thinking about it. And that's like what inspires me is seeing people like, I'll watch some shit. And the the team that I, the team that I wanted to lose is going to win. And I'll still sit there and watch KG do that because that's to me what life is all about. Like like overcoming and like you're uh, doing the one thing that you worked your entire life for and you sacrificed 20 years of your life. Like, I love that. I would love watching like UFC fights where like, even if it's the dude's first fight in the UFC, like he trained his whole, like might as well be a championship fight. He trained his whole life for that first fight and like sacrificed family shit, sacrificed all this. And like, I love watching that. So, or watching people's struggle, like some super fucked up movie, you know, like um, somebody just coming from fucking nothing, you know? And like, so that makes me sit there laying in bed like I'm thankful for this pillowcase. Yeah. I'm thankful for this fucking mason jar. I'm not drinking out of my fucking hand some shitty ass water, you know, like so that's the the shit that I've tried to do when I'm like laying in bed is like 
the tiniest fucking things that you just completely take for granted. Yeah. You know, yeah, we take, I'll take my girlfriend for granted. We'll take our friends for granted, but like we really be taking like the butane that goes in this lighter, you know, like, dude, we have that. Like we could easily not, we could be living in fucking Cameroon and like shoveling dirt in a salt mine or some shit like that, you know, for real. But, but then also like, go ahead. Uh, I'll say it real quick. Remember your point. Okay. Um, it's really, really important to apply that as practice in your life. So like, it's easy to say that, but it's hard to actually do it every day and go take a Mm -hmm. second, take a second out of your day to actually stop and go, yeah, thank you for this and that, like actually do that. Cause it's easy to say that, you know, and I, for a long time, Mm -hmm. I would say that I would just mutter that like, I'm thankful for everything. And I was, I was, but I wasn't practicing it daily. I was caught mm-hmm. up in my emotions and inertia of life, you know? But now I'm like actually taking that second every day to remind myself. And that's the practice that Alan Iverson's talking about. It's yeah, that practice. We talk about practice. <laughs> talk about practice. Yeah, it's I'm programming. Is <laughs> yeah. it programming yourself? What were you going to say though before we get yourself. too far? Um, just the difference between, I've been thinking a lot the last like few weeks, the difference between just self-conscious and self-awareness, like self-awareness is like, like reading a bunch of shit where like, you know, in the past we're talking about like the point of life is like to achieve self-awareness before you die or whatever, just like hopefully before you die, hope you could do it in your twenties if you're, or whatever, you know, like we're getting there now, but like self-awareness where you're just truly aware of self you know how you're acting you know how you're acting around other people so that they react a certain way like and then there's self-conscious where like i don't i'm looking at the definition of any of these but like the idea where the self-conscious is you're worried how people are perceiving you yeah you know what i mean like you're like what do i look like look at myself in the mirror like oh i want to look cool like Oh, am I going to look stupid if I say this? It's like, that's like all about you. And then you're going to react a certain way. Whereas if you're just self-aware, give a fuck what you're wearing, but your intentions with everything you say and your actions and your body language, you know, in whatever action, you know, whatever you're doing, you're aware instead of like, self-conscious is how do I look how are other people looking at me you know yeah and I never really like thought about those two things until like a few weeks ago and I just see it a lot like work with a lot of like influencers and that the very self-conscious you know they're worried about how other people see them where if you're aware you just are aware with how you are acting and you know you know what I mean yeah, I'm doing I do. a great job articulating this. <laughs> no, you did. You did a perfect <laughs> job. Those are it's these aren't easy concepts either, you know. But um yeah, I totally know what you mean. Self-aware is good because you're aware of your faults too, not just your virtues, you know. And being conscious, mm-hmm. you could be conscious, like you can be alive. That's what to be alive is to be a conscience of things and like but mm-hmm. to be aware of who you are and how you feel and what you act, you know, or how you act is like a really, really important. Definitely the more you understand yourself the more you can understand other people. Like we have more alike than we have difference. You know, we're animals and we have same gifts, a lot of the same gifts, you know, just people are exercising. Some are exercising the gifts and other ones are taking them for granted and everything in between. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the journey is like being able to self-reflect on yourself, look inward, look inwards and understand your virtues and your 
your faults, you know, and then just try to play the cards you're dealt and get better. And it's, it's, that's a daily struggle, you know, and when you're young, it's like you almost are going off of just your ego because you don't have enough experience in life and you haven't been tested enough. So you're just like, you're trying to fake the funk so much, you know, but the better move is not to necessarily fake the funk. It's to just get in the fucking fire and try to make something out of it. Try to figure it out take those hits and try to pick, pick yourself back up and learn from them and grow from those mistakes and then try to make less of them and just keep going. And that, that having self-awareness helps because you're aware, you know, I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm not the best thing ever. Like I could be better. I could every day try to remember I could be better. And then, then if you're aware of what you're saying, that's a power because we have the power of speech to articulate how you feel. But if you don't understand, if you don't use that, to serve you, you might use it to destroy you. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people use their mm -hmm. language and they talk ill of themselves and everything around them. And then guess what? You speak your into existence. You yeah. speak that shit into existence. You speak the positive shit into existence. I've literally seen dudes get worse at skateboarding because they were so humble that they would just like talk shit on themselves. Like, nah, man, I suck. Nah, man, I suck. And these dudes were sick as fuck and then i would watch them put a ceiling on themselves because the way they talked about themselves and then i would see other younger homies start hanging out with these dudes and start having that same attitude and just verbalizing like nah bro like i, I can't do it i'm not fucking good enough i'm like well you're like switch train flipping the three block fucking first try out of the car you're like 16 what are you talking back then you know what i mean like what are you talking about but you know, like he hung out with the older dudes and then they fucking and then they separated and the homie started getting positive again. Now he's shredding. Like I've just seen people verbalize their shit like, yeah. you know, I almost probably when I was younger, like. Probably fucking like went the other way where I was just like thinking that I was like, fuck is so dope where I'm like trying to verbalize myself being fucking, you know, like elevating myself, you know, or it is some Muhammad Ali, Conor McGregor shit. You speak it into fucking existence. You know what I mean? And then you. Yeah. But if you work, you can speak into existence. If you believe it, you can speak into existence and you believe it. If you can work your fucking ass off and do everything you need to do, you'll just make it happen. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a balance balancing act between what you say and what you do. Actions speak louder than words, but the words, if you can, the words are powerful. If you can understand what you're saying, if you can use it, if you can articulate what you're really feeling and you can get that across, it'll help if you back it up with actions you know yeah and, that's, uh, the, that's the one percent is the saying it the 99 percent is the like with high-rise we've never we've literally spoken everything into existence with high-rise me and aaron talking about this the other day like we needed we wanted an event space the beginning of the last year we're like yo we need an event space by the end of this year by august it just came together but we're not but we're just saying things to each other like yo we need to do this and he's just like roger that like we don't it's not like we go into work right away doing that yeah. we'll just be like yo we need this in you know in the next like two years or by in the next like six months bro we need to have some like we need to be friends with like some lawyers and shit we'll just say that but then we just go back to the daily grind you know like fucking 50 to 80 hours a week and then the next thing you know we're just pu putting that into existence and fuck next thing you know like two weeks later lawyers at our party were thrown down with them or the next thing you know, like, you know what I mean? Like we say it, but we're not like, we need to do, we need to get this dude. And then really just start pressure and try to put, trying to make it happen with everything. We just fucking say it, throw it into that atmosphere and then just do the fucking work as hard as we can and shit will come back.
Yeah, you know? it's good. It's definitely good to say it because then it gives you like, okay, we said it, and there's a little pressure. Like, okay, we said it. Now let's like do all the work to get to it. Because some people just mm-hmm. say it, and then they never do the work, and they just keep saying it, and then people are like, "You're full of shit." I know tons of people like that, especially like uh, there's been tons of people like that growing up where they were just like, "Yeah, I want to do this," and then their actions don't match their words, and they really thought that if they just said it to a bunch of people, that it would just happen. And it's like, it's kind of not how it works. It's like gotta you gotta work for it too you know like so it's that's it's those are things that are obvious but like we take it for granted you know like i don't know yeah it's just practice it's the practice and the discipline of like trying it like we're skateboarders right so we're who's taking more l's than us dude like how long did it take you to do a fucking big heel board side down a handrail like that's just taking thousands of tries to try it like took me six months to land this my first shittiest kickflip ever you know like nobody takes l's like us like jerry seinfeld talks about that how like skateboarders will just won't give up you know and if we can just do that with anything like and we've tried everything dude like trying a trick like talk to yourself try a mantra tap your board three times spin your wheels like Literally gambling, you know, like somebody who's like at a fucking like slot machine, like doing different little things, trying to like for superstition, that's skateboarders, you know, like we try every little different thing, talk to ourselves, hype ourselves up, like OCD, like, you know, like we're going to find a way to make it happen. Yeah. Thank God. So like in real life too, like just testing all the different ways to make shit happen, you know, like that's the gift. The gift is like. Dude, if you fucking landed a tray flip, if you know how to tray flip and you know how many people nowadays do you know that don't skateboard but they can tray flip? Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of people. Like, yo, if you can learn a tray flip like that, like you can pretty much learn anything in life. <laughs> Apply you the know? same principle of all that practice and not giving up to anything and you're gonna be successful. Fucking I, learn anything if you can learn how to tray flip. I, I feel like uh those of us who have stuck with skateboarding, it's given us a leg up in these crazy times because we've definitely like everything you were just saying we've we've taken an idea i feel i feel like i'm gonna start sounding like mark johnson right now but something that was just a pure thought a pure idea and you started you took it and then you worked towards it in increments to the point where it became reality and then when you landed one that wasn't a fucking enough because you didn't picture it that way you pictured it better than that and you kept going until you got that tray flip as crispy and buttery as like a kfc biscuit and uh like that that is like what you gotta do you gotta apply that to everything in your life you gotta pitch never being satisfied yeah you gotta picture something that's like a dream or something that you could imagine that's beautiful or something that you just really are like i can make that a reality and then just work your ass off and and uh don't even be satisfied like enjoy it and be satisfied but know that's only a plateau and there's something above that too and keep going and keep going and then you're polishing those turds for a long time. I did a switch tray yesterday, yep. Derek, at 30. I'm 38 now, and I really didn't think I was going to do another switch tray. Just, I'm 38, and I have no ACL on my left knee and tons of arthritis. Oh, that sounds so bad, popping off the left. Dude, even yep, just popping my a switch left- tray with my left knee sounds so bad right yep. now. It sounds dude, so painful. Dude, I fucking didn't think I was ever going to do another switch tray because I can barely kickflip most days. And uh, I was skating, like I said, I was skating with all these young kids and they were juiced. They didn't have their masks on and they were just like loving skating and they were fucking, it was so cool to watch again. It was so refreshing. And then they were just like, yo, can you do a switch tray? And I was already doing kickflips because I was just like my arthritis and it was kind of warm. So that's helping. 
And then I just flung a couple and then I sat down for a long time and like filmed these dudes and watched them land tricks and they got at them all. And then like when they got bored and they were like looking at me, I was like, okay. And I got up and I just did a crispy ass switch tray. And I was like, oh, and the kids were like, dude. And this homie Anders, who's like, he's like 12 years old and I've been skating with him a lot. And he's a very talented young kid who's who's got the whole future ahead of him if he keeps on the right path. He was like, he literally said that, like, he was like, dude, it must feel good to know that you still have switch trades. And I was like, yeah, it fucking does, dude. I literally didn't, <laughs> think, I didn't think I'd ever Fuck do one. Yeah. yeah. And that dude, was my favorite trick. Yeah. That was one of my favorite tricks. And he didn't even know that. He didn't have a clue. Yeah. And then, and then last night, too, I rolled in on this, like, eight-foot quarter pipe or something. Um, and my little homie, Chloe, she was like, I rolled in. And, I, and then I was skating around. I could hear her. She's like. Yo, Anthony just rolled in on it. Rolled in on this, and she was like, "Never seen him do that before." And I was like, "Oh yeah," because a lot of times I skate with those kids. It's like I'm more focused on filming them or like trying to talk them mm-hmm. through a trick, talk them through a trick, or like whatever, or listen to them and try to let them do their thing. That like I forget I don't even really skate sometimes, and I'm like I feel like an imposter, you know. But like when I have a good day like that, and I actually kind of like do some tricks, I'm like. They don't even know that like half the shit I've done on a skateboard. You know what I mean? They have no clue. No. Like they're like, wow, he's no. actually pretty good. He's not just the dude that shows up and like films us. <laughs> you know. So have you watched? <laughs> have, I know you do like the video review. You like watch reviews and do commentary, or you don't watch reviews. You watch skate video parts and do commentary and shit. Do you ever go over your old shit and like do a little I skate should. companion? And where you're like, pause. Okay, you're like, okay, this, this fucking trick, security, blah, 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 blah. I had to cross him over and I threw my board down and then I like nollie flipped the double set in BC. You know what I mean? Like, cause we, like, every single trick we've done almost, there's a story behind all of them. Like, whether yeah. it's you remember being broke as fuck, getting change out of the, the, the couch cushion to, you know, for your little turnpike toll so you could go skate somewhere, you know, like, I remember this. I was with this dude and this dude, the homie sacked it that day, like whatever, <laughs> you know, like going through and me and McKenna were talking about um, doing that with the film bot video, just like sitting down and like just watching it and just hitting pause and just telling stories or whatever. Like, Oh, he did this shit second try, or this was fucking first try. Homie hadn't even skated. He did it on somebody else's board. Like, you know, just all yeah. the different. I've never, I've never done that specifically, like with the idea of like, Hey, I'm going to do that. But I've done it. Like if I've come across something I did or a memory pops up, but I definitely, I definitely should, because that's an awesome idea for sure. Yeah. And like, Oh, you have so many, you know, you have so many people that fuck with all I need that haven't seen your zoo part or something like that. That hasn't seen your old four and one shit or something, you know? Yeah. Like to let these kids know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah they know you're an og but they're like oh shit this fool's a fucking keep a board siding shit back in the day yeah man i i guess stoked man it's funny i i watch videos now too and i'm like um i'm kind of suck i'm rubbing my own nuts here but uh i was like watching a part the other day it was like a current pro like ryan Desenzo had a part or something and he like did a trick that i did like a long time ago and that like made me feel good i was like damn like skateboarding is so much better than i ever imagined i could be like the skateboarders nowadays are so much better and i was like but dude that dude just did trick that i did like 10 years ago like fuck yeah that made me feel good because i was like i i kind of feel like i'm left behind because i can't like 
I physically can't keep going on the level that I, that I wanted to, you know, like, cause at some point is diminishing returns are going to get hurt. But like to know that I did some stuff that's still current today is like so rad to me. I mean, and then you watch the rest of the part and I'm like, yeah, I can never do that. I can never do that. That dude is so yeah, better yeah, than yeah. me so much, but that one trick, that one trick I did, you know, <laughs> like I'm on the level on that oh, yeah. one trick. <laughs> So funny. Some kid just had a part on Thrasher like a month ago and he like nolly heel nose the wall rail. Again, yeah. this one wall rail. And like everybody sent it to me. Everybody's tagging me because I nolly heel because <laughs> cro- I nolly heel crooked it like eleven years ago. Oh dude, I it's know. It's like so <laughs> funny, dude. Like, I don't know. I'll see shit and the way I look at it now, because I'm so out of it and like I just expect skating to be insane. You know what I mean? Like, I, it should be. Look where we're at. Like, inner technology, social media, fucking everybody has 240 slow-mo on their phone. Like, so when I see shit that I know I could do and I don't even skate, really, I'm like, come on, dude, step your shit up. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, like, I fucking literally skate once a month and I'll go fucking do this. Or like Aaron. Aaron skates less than once a year. This fool just literally we skate maybe once a year. He'll first try feeble the flat bar, not mess up. He'll like front blunt it like third try. Like his problem is his legs are just so weak to get up. But like he could still do like fakie tray first try, fucking hard flips, frontside half cap flips, all this shit. He skates once a year. So like when we see shit that Aaron can do, we like send shit to each other and we're like, are you fucking kidding me, fool? Like you don't even, you skated three times the last three years. You go fucking film this shit in like 20 minutes. Like it's because I know how good the level of skating is. You know what I mean? So when I see some fucking kid doing like a Wally and then like a fucking crooked grind on like a little fucking bench and he's like, everybody's jerking him off in the industry. I'm like, okay, swipe to go watch this other dude do like a fucking something in fakey flip switch front feeble down the double set rail you know what i mean yeah like i'm like come on now i get it skateboarding will always have the style aspect to it no matter what you're gonna have like your super insane dudes but there's always gonna be somebody like austin gillette that could just kick flip going a fucking million miles an hour and it'll look better than this other person's like ender yeah 360 el toro you know what i mean or whatever the fuck so yeah like i understand that so true but Um, it's funny just seeing shit that when we're still relevant i'm like I could go fucking nolly heel flip nose this five stair handrail. It's two page spread. I don't even, <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. can go do that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Pretty funny. Um, yeah. That's always crazy, man. Um, yeah. Uh, I hate to end this cause dude, this has been fucking fun. Uh, and I want to do it again. So we're going to have to catch up sooner than later. Cause it's been too long and I have so much more I want to talk about, but like I said, I rented out that park. So I got to kind of, Oh yeah. Out. That's going to be so fun. Yeah, and all the homies are coming too, and I got my GoPro and my handle, so I'm gonna film a vlog. But um, Derek, before we go, first I just want to say I fucking love you, man. That's love it. you too, dude. Yeah. So glad we could do this. It's been it's been too long, and um, I'm hoping we get a hangout in person sooner than later. I'm trying to work towards yeah. that. Um, I'll let you know. But um, before we go, it obviously just like plug stuff, like whatever you're working on. If there's anywhere you want to direct people, like and so people can check out everything you're on if there's anything you want to um yeah i mean derek fugahara on ig high rise tv on ig high rise is our little like fucking weed agency platform that we do high rise tv it's our ig one of our ig accounts i run um high rise tv on youtube a bunch of stupid stoner hijink shit it's kind of like the thrasher 
slash crail tap tilt mode try to give it that vibe of the cannabis community we're just Stup- always doing stupid, some dumb, best, stupid shit stupid yeah in the best way for sure <laughs> and then uh yeah we just, yeah just check out that shit all i need you already know discount code fuchs uh yeah derek, derek you have hold on real quick let me look this up real quick just before we go let's see how many boards you have for all i need right now go to the website dude everybody loves the sushi board it's crazy like i, I feel know. like i sell more boards now than i did when i was on world and i like barely skate now and like <laughs> i just have people hitting me up all the time and i'm just like sending them the link and they're like fuck they're sold out and like yeah i just put some crazy. up actually i was i i said i'll say that in the intro again too but um there are some decks online now uh the bigfoot deck that's one let's go through this real quick um uh the, the sushi hobo- one killed it the Hobo series, the sushi one. The Hobo series is actually, we're going to discontinue that for a while. So that's three. Um, do we have any more than that? Nope. Yep. Uh, Fuk- uh, Foxhole Fukuhara. Uh, sorry. Foxhole oh, yeah. Fukuhara. The Fox in the Trenches. That's four. Dude, that's four. You got four models that are available Let's right go. now. <laughs> that's crazy. You have four Peter models. Peter James Glenn. Yeah, Shout and they all been and like you said, they all been selling, dude. That all those models, every single one, I've been selling them. So they're still out there. You're still cool. ripping. A lot of cannabis people out there supporting super hard too, and like it's crazy because people in the cannabis industry are like down to spend money to support. It's not really like the skateboarding industry. So I just have people hitting me up all the time. Like I bought one, or like like Aaron's dad bought one. Yeah, he bought yeah. it. He bought it complete off like South Shore or not or off um, Eastern, Eastern or some shit yeah. like that. Yeah, so funny. Let's um so. maybe maybe the next board we do a high rise collab with uh your next Dude, model. Let's do it. That'd be amazing. We could definitely pump that shit out. People would be stoked on it. It'd be a sick collab. All right, man. Um sick, Derek. Again, love you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Love you again. too, brother. Yeah, anytime. And I, I appreciate you taking the time out to have these conversations, man, because uh they help me a lot. So thanks. Likewise, man. Likewise. All right. <laughs>